ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How are you doing, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about you? Oh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Apparently, I might have had COVID. I don't know. Uh, oh. Yeah, had, had like a cold, cold symptoms, and then, you know, talked to them saying, hey, this is this, and they're like, okay, well, assume you've got COVID, and well, I need a test. I want to get tested, and there's no tests to be found, so whether it was or not, who knows, but I think I'm on the up and up now, but I may have a slightly raspy voice. Oh. Yep. Although I got to keep my finger on the mute button so when I have to clear my throat, <laughs> we all don't have to endure it. Yeah. How's your week? Boring. Boring. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's um you're dealing with the our helping long distance with our friend whose mom passed away and Ah, uh, that's rough. I'm still looking for a truck. We're now we're helping our my wife's oldest, second oldest friend up in Illinois with some stuff. Mm. And we're trying to we're helping we're using our Danette's contacts uh, help one of her other friends get it from Hawaii to get a job in Germany for a year. Mm. Yeah, you know stuff. Yeah, no. Nothing overly exciting. No. And yeah. I like that. I've, yeah. I've had enough excitement in my life. <laughs> I guess so, hey? Because somebody was like, oh, recently, oh, you, oh, you do a stay at home. That must be boring. Yep. How, how can <laughs> you stand that? Because I've had not boring for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no kidding. extremely not boring. So <laughs> now yeah. I'm, boredom is good. Yeah. That means, I'm, you know, somebody's not trying to kill you. Or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or you're yeah, not dealing funny. with, uh, I don't know, corruption and criminals and everything else I've had to do in my life. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, so oh, when was it? Oh, yeah, Sunday. We're, we're going to church. We're back out of the driveway. And um, I hear this weird <laughs> on the front right tire. And, you know, sometimes you get a piece of body work that pops loose or something like that. Like oh, underskirting yeah. or something. I thought it must have been something like that. Didn't really have time to check it out, so we just go to church, blah, blah, blah. Car handles fine. Everything's fine. And then I figured I'd check it out on Monday. And so I crawl under there. So Monday or Tuesday, I forget which day it was, but um, that vehicle has a torsion rod that goes to the struts. And there's basically like this uh, metal tab welded to the side of the strut just underneath the coil, right? And that metal tab that was on there actually busted off. I'm like, how how can that happen? <laughs> like, that's a pretty faulty weld in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really strange. And there's, there's basically, like, a tab on either side of the strut, and it was designed to go straight up and down in line. And I thought, well, my, Steph needs this thing. Like, she, she needs a vehicle to drive, and our other vehicle to windshield wiper hose is broken and we kind of need that right now because it warms up for a day and it's like soupville driving around it's just slush everywhere but um yeah no i took an interim solution i just kind of put it on the other side there and made that work but that was so weird i've i don't know if i've ever seen a like a, a drive line I, I mean i've seen like all the rubber bushings yeah they wear out and fail right but a weld to break that that seems pretty shady doesn't it it happens. Um, yeah. It, you know, if vehicles are made by people on an assembly line, an accident, you know, can happen. Yeah, yeah. If they're made by robots, it can still happen. Mm-hmm. Right when Danette and I got married in 96, we traded her vehicle for a new Thunderbird. Okay, yeah. And <clears throat> the uh, great car, great car, great car, right? Started hearing a weird noise. Took it back. Took it to the dealer, and they were like, "I'm sitting in the waiting room, waiting on them to, you know, do the pre- preliminary look at it." Mm-hmm. 
Hey, la, 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 la. Uh, Mr. Fuzz? Yeah, hey, what? Uh, hey, could you come out here real quick? Sure. This sounds ominous. Mm-hmm. And I go out and the front subframe is sitting on the floor and the car's in the air on the, I'm like, wow, you had to take that? No, we didn't. We haven't undone one bolt yet. Wow. <laughs> Only gravity was keeping the car on the front subframe. Wow. And I'm like, how, how? I'm like, we don't know. That's from the factory then. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys are lucky. Luck, yes. Lucky you didn't go too fast I drove over that a speed car, bump. Because <laughs> it was a l- little bit more hotter uh, Thunderbird than most. You know, it's yeah. what they had. Nobody. You know, anyway, a little bit soupy from the factory. And, and I drove it that way. Oh, my God. You know, God had his hand on that car. <clears throat> That's crazy. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> and they, and they, they said, yeah, the, uh, the regional factory rep wants, wants us to buy the car back or, you know, Ford wants to buy the car back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I like my car. But anyway, they, I wound up trading it <laughs> back to them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Gave you one that, ha- that had some bolts in it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, got my uh, Ford truck after that and then had to get rid of it because uh, that's about the time. It was a manual shift, and about the time my uh, back decided it doesn't want to be good anymore. Nah. And shifting a, a heavy clutch was killing my back. And yeah. uh, I've missed a manual transmission ever since. But Yeah, they're, they're so hard to come by nowadays. I love a five-speed. That, you know, remember way back when 90% of the cars on the lot were manual and you had to pay extra for yeah. an automatic? Yep. Now it's the yeah. other way around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, even for pickups, I think the only pickup truck you can order with the manual is a Toyota. I don't think GM offers one. I don't think Ford offers only one. Only in once you get into the commercial. Yeah, yeah. Nothing on the interior. Uh, you can get them. But oh, really? Even from Chevy and them? Yeah. Not. Uh. What's what am I trying to say? Uh, commercial fleet vehicles. Yeah, yeah. But so like, like just, if I wanted one, I'd have to order it and pay more money. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, even I think of it like so. I, I'm I'm gonna teach my son to drive a stick shift because I think he might end up using my car. Um, he's driving a van whenever he drives, but it's also like, like legitimately. And I always used to think this is a stupid idea, but it is actually a theft deterrent these days because so few people know how to drive a stick that, you know, if you leave your car running in a parking lot, somebody's like, Hey, I'm going to steal it. They get in it and they look at that. like, this is not going to be very quick getaway. (laughs) I think I'll pass, you know, it could be. Oh yeah. 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 And if I think if you can learn how to drive a stick, well, you can drive anything well. Yeah. And you get to know the feel of a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you can just feel it uh, in the subtle vibrations of the vehicle. It's something yeah. that goes wrong. Yeah. And and the thing I tell my kids, too, is that here's the thing with a, a standard transmission. If I want to drive very sportingly, I can, right? I just I can rev it higher. I can shift quicker. I can do all that stuff. If I want to get really good fuel economy, I can do that. Where when you have a, an automatic, it's programmed to to shift at a certain rev range. You know, if the throttle's at this percentage and you're at this, then it's going to shift. And there's a certain sense where you don't have as much control. You know, I love that about my cars. I can drive nice and slow. I can drive like a grandma, slowly rev, slowly shift, get a speed. And then if I want to like drop and pass, I can slam down to third gear rev the piss out of it <laughs> you know it's it's so much fun that's the thing too is like driving automatic is not as fun like just plain and simple and, and people that have never driven a standard don't know how much fun it can be especially if you're a spirited driver like i'm i like to get there you know i'm not <laughs> i wasn't born to sit on a road i was born to go from a to b and so let's get it on with and that uh, man it's so much fun you're ripping through town and just flinging the gears and then downshifting instead of braking Oh, it's so fun. 
I always think I'm in a race car. <laughs> it's probably not a good thing for me, but yeah, they're fun. But apparently like the Toyota Tacoma, you can order, I mean, obviously it's an order from the factory, but you could get like a nice Toyota Tacoma, nice interior, leather, all that with a standard still. I think they're the only ones that you can actually do that. I've heard somebody talk about it, but <clears throat> you had a uh, topic for today, didn't you? Some ideas? Yeah, it, it's kind of weird, but yes. Um, and it's a thing now, I suppose. And this day of uh, social media and keyboard warriors and a myriad of other things. Yeah. Uh, internet's a thing. What isn't a thing nowadays? Uh, morality? Oh, never mind. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. That's a uh, thing of the past. <laughs> uh, being, air quote, friends with someone and never having met them. Mm -hmm. You know, much like you and I right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not. Mm -hmm. uh, the example that brought this to mind, you know, all these ideas flooding to the front of my head was yesterday. The wife and I were having a quick conversation about, Hey, what'd you do? Whatever. And, uh, she's like, Oh, I was watching, uh, she likes those TV judge shows. Mm -hmm. I can't stand them, but my God, you see point and laugh idiots on there. Anyway, mm -hmm. these two guys, one was suing another, though they were friends for 15 years and never physically met. Oh, well. They were only gaming buddies on the internet. <laughs> okay, that's the problem. And the one of the people on the court TV show is the alleged uh, bailiff. Mm -hmm. and, you, and they kept showing his face because he was just so confused and had this, are you kidding me? Look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> what a couple of maroons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, because how can you be friends and never meet? Well, I guess that's a thing. Yeah. And that reminded me when she had was telling me that, that there was going to be a TV show and I don't know why it never materialized. I am thankful it never did, but in today's world of, uh, reality TV yeah. about anything, there was going to be one about this couple in real life. No kidding. They were married and then never physically met. Oh, my word. They were internet married. Oh, brother. For like over a decade. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they both suffer from a, a, a mental health disorder where they're uh, crippled by the idea of leaving the house. Hmm. So, you know, That's this crazy. is their thing. Yeah. And it, they were uh, engaged for more than, I know it was more than two years, but I don't know if it was over three, before they ever physically saw one another. Wow. Like on a webcam or something. That's so stupid. I mean, that's, if, you, if nothing, if you don't know anything else about the people, that that is enough to convince me they have mental health problems. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, and it, Danette's one of those people that think, oh, you need uh, to be around people and uh, be social. And I'm one of those people like, no, you know. Yeah, it's her personality, right? It's a it's a matter of uh, your needs, right? As a, yeah. It's what do you do? You know, I'm a doer. You're a people person. Yeah. Or, completely opposite in that regard i i don't ever need to be around people and i don't miss it yeah i've never liked being around people like in crowds hate crowds but it's not like that phobia mm -hmm. just i don't like to be around that many people yeah because you know anything could pop off anywhere and i don't just mean like arguments but uh you know building catches fire Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I had an opportunity uh, recently to meet someone that was at that uh, 
Jay-Z concert or whatever that was trampled. Okay. And he doesn't go to those things anymore. And now he doesn't like people. Mm. But, you know, he's got a reason. You know, he was trampled by like 4,000 people. No, oh, well. And he's got uh, nothing, if at least a decade, the doctor told him, you have nothing but surgery in your future. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. But. You know, the weird thing about the whole internet thing, too, is that there's a, like, <clears throat> like, so that's the one extreme where you have people that actually get married and they, they don't see each other. But then it's weird because real relationships are going that way. Like, you look at you and I, right? <clears throat> like, we're friends. Yeah. You know? Uh, never met each other. I'm, I'm hoping someday we will. I'm sure someday we will once they, uh, decide to let plague rats cross the border. Um, but it's, it's so weird. And I always, am like, oh no, online friends, it's not good. It's not good. I don't think it's maybe as good as when you can get together in person. You know, it's the same thing. I always liken it to a zoom call. Yeah. You can get the stuff done. But it's always better when you can sit around a table and then you can see little, little nuanced things like the, the people's expressions and this and that. I don't think there's anything as good as face-to-face -face meeting with people, but that's harder and harder to get. Like, everybody's so busy. No, Nobody has time to be like, hey, you want to come over after work and, and have a beer, hang out in the garage? Like, nobody has time for that. It's like, well, I'd love to, but I got to get this kid to this. I got to get this kid to that. And then I've got you know, jujitsu and then my wife's going to our yoga class. It's like people are so busy. They don't have time for that. You know? And I wonder now that you've brought that up, I grew up in an era where we didn't do that. We, we went home, mm -hmm. right? We played with our friends a little bit after school and on the weekends, but during the week at home, family time. Yep. If you had a family, you know, whatever yeah. family you had, that's what you yeah. did. Yeah. And now it's the soccer mom society and our society is going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much those two things are connected. A lot. Because, oh, I have to uh, get a play date. Oh, no, I have to do this. I have to. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. I got to put my kids into this. Why? <clears throat> yeah. Why? And Is all the and other kids. So? Lemmings, people. Um, yeah. We used to say, well, if your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you? You know, now we're like giving our kids a bungee rope and say, go ahead, jump off. But Yeah. I, no, I and, just and, wonder, you know, it's weird. Do we need to socialize our kids? Absolutely. But how much is too much? Because I think yeah. we are overstimulating youth these days. A hundred percent. And I can speak from a lot of experience because got four kids and they were all in a lot of activities three of my boys well they all played hockey and then my daughter danced um at the end she 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 made it she's really talented she danced for the alberta ballet and five nights a week we drove downtown calgary and it was 50 it's about 55 minutes round trip and there's five nights a week and then practices the boys each had two practices a week so it's four hockey practices plus my little guy he usually didn't have sometimes he'd have one and then the boys usually had two games on a weekend and so the the one good thing I'll say about this is that when we lived in our fifth wheel you know while we were waiting for our house to get built and all the permits and all that crap it kept us moving about and so in a certain sense it enabled us to actually live in that living arrangement because if we were all just sitting in the winter time in a fifth wheel we'd go insane but it was basically just where we'd come to crash you know and, and have the occasional meal but it is so true and it's oh you get this and then this and then we were pretty mild parents like I told my kids okay listen you either get to play hockey or something else but you're not doing multiple things there were kids on most kids on the, the various teams, they'd play hockey. And then once basketball started up, they'd be playing basketball. And then depending on how the team was doing that year, like whether we had a shot at playoffs or not, would determine how much they skip of the hockey or how much they skip of the basketball. And then football season would always end. 
as hockey season was beginning and, you know, if their their team was doing well and if they're in the playoffs, they just wouldn't show up in the beginning. But it's like all these things and then you got all the other kids on the team who were like, okay, we need to get practices, we're playing again, and like five of the players on your team just don't ever show up. It's hard to get continuity, right? Like when you want to take a group of kids and play, you need to have them all there for practice. You need to have them all playing every single game because they get to know each other. They get to learn. It takes 10 games for them just to kind of figure out how this team dynamic is this year because every year is different. But it is so true. And so many parents there, like I say, we were mild. But even after we were done, I'm like, this is insane. Like, first of all, it costs us a, a, a king's ransom. Like it was outrageously expensive. And second of all, on the weekends, Steph would be like, okay, I'll take this one to this game and this one to that game. And you go to this game, you go to that game. Like literally we wouldn't see each other. Come back on Sunday evenings, you know, hopefully we could all be home about four or five o'clock and watch a movie together. And that was our weekends. And, you know, meals together didn't happen very much. And I'm like, this is not good for a family. And the most important thing for kids, number one, and parents are too stupid to realize this, the number one thing for children that you're raising is their family, their immediate family connection and the relationship that they have with their parents and their siblings. Now, they, I agree with what you say. They need to be socialized. But man, if, you know, if, if you're not having meals as a family on the regular, you're doing a huge disservice to your kids. And just, oh, run around, run around. Like, those people aren't there for them in, in the long run. You know, you know, next year they're on a different team and all their teammates that they get together with their best friends with, well, now they're beaking each other in the hallway because they're playing against each other. And it's like, man, the, ah, the, the family is so important for children. You know, the fam- a good, is. stable family and meals as a family. Like, you can't do anything better for your kids than that. Nothing. And it's less time expensive and it's less money expensive. And people well, just are too dumb to realize that. And... I know this is a small part of it for most families, but if you have if you sit down to a and it takes you twenty five or thirty minutes minimum to eat actually at the table. As the parent, you can you talk to each kid. Hey, what'd you do mm-hmm. today? What'd you do today? Oh, how'd you play? You know, you can give them advice. You can help them in whatever they're having issues with. You also watch you, their mannerisms. Yeah, you tell if something's bothering them. Oh. You know, what's wrong with your right shoulder? Um, why are you in such a hurry? Um, you know, you've talked about Bobby a lot this week. Who is Bobby? Yeah. You know, why? who is Bobby and why all of a sudden do you want a gun? Um, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's It's incredible. Like, as a parent that you have to know what's going on in your kid's life. And if you don't have at least one meal a day to sit down, you are really making it hard for you to figure out what's going on in their life. Because the easiest way to do it is just to have a meal every single day. You know, we have supper every day as a family. Very often, I would say two to three times a week, we'll have breakfast as a family and two to three times a week, we'll have lunch as a family. You know, like, a, I mean, we've just got that, that convenience. That's a lifestyle that we've created for ourselves. The, the kids are at home. They do homeschool. They're on, you know, virtual homeschool. I work from home. Steph works from home. We're all here. So sometimes Steph's like, oh, I'm just going to make, you know, a pot of soup for lunch and then biscuits. And we all have lunch. And that happens a few times a week. And then I usually sometimes I'll be making like a breakfast burrito and I'll start scrambling the eggs. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make enough for everybody. And then usually I'm like, hey, boys, wake up. I got breakfast on the table. And then we have breakfast as a whole family. And it's like, man, I don't know. And and still, they, they need to socialize. Like, you know, the kids have their youth group. They were there on Wednesday and they're going skating tonight with them. And it's important for them to to do that and make friends and hang out outside of the family. But you you can't not have family meals together and expect to know what's going on in your kids' lives. You know, because very often, you know, if they have had a bad game in the drive home, a lot of parents are like, oh, we used to drive home to talk. I'm like, I, I know what that's like. And I've had that communication with kids. Again, from experience, I'm not an outsider who's never had kids in sports. I've had lots of kids in sports. I've spent hundreds of thousands of miles driving to and from games. And I know that it's different. They don't open up. If they've had a bad game, they're just sulking. They don't want to talk about anything. And you won't tell what's bothering them. If they'd have had a great game, they're going to be excited about that, but they're not going to talk about their school problems because that's going to ruin the way they feel about their great game, you know? 
But when you have a meal together, it's just something about it. And it's, I don't know. I think that's the number one thing. You know, people sometimes like, oh, i got problems with my kids and I just don't know how to connect with them anymore. It's like, are you guys having meals as a family? Well, no, we don't have time for that. It's like, okay, cool. You, then you don't have time for your children. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> you know, it's another piece of advice. People are like, how do you raise good children? I said, well, do you have a good marriage? Well, I don't know. I was like, I'm sorry. If you want to improve your kids, improve your marriage. Full stop. <laughs> great kids come from a great marriage. Done. And it's the best thing you can do for your kids. Have a good marriage. And uh, once that's done, everything else is easy. Like that that's the number one most important thing, you know? But. Yeah. Uh, I think you need to, people uh, need to concentrate more on having a good marriage before marriage. Yeah. Making sure that the person that you're thinking about asking or saying yes or no to is actually a, your friend, your life partner. You believe in the right things together, mm-hmm. you know, and then get married because the worst thing in the world to do is, oh, they'll change after we get married. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's something about me. Yeah. Very tiny that I think in the back of her mind, Danette was like, oh, I'll change that. No, you won't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. It's not. Um No. And we have a great marriage. I wouldn't trade a day for anything in this world, but there's all every good marriage needs that togetherness, the best friend thing, and a little bit of opposites because you have to have all your bases covered in life. Mm-hmm. And if I'm right, she has to be left. If you know, and I don't mean politically; it's just an, mm-hmm. an example. Yeah. Balance each that other. That way, out. you know. You can ask your kid, because when I was a tiny tot and would ask my parents a question when my dad was still around, they would give me two different answers. And you kind of know that you get to learn if you're a smart kid, oh, the answer's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, because... I don't know. I like Mom Steph was and an I uptight are... acting Christian and dad was a, you know, let it all hang out alcoholic. Uh, so whatever you ask them, answer is going to be somewhere in the middle generally generally not all the time yeah steph and i are different we are united like when the kids ask us a question we always have the same thing and that's the way it should be i'm just saying if you don't have that and and we don't always agree but then what we'll do is like okay listen what should we tell them we'll come up with an answer it's in the middle and then we both because i don't think i ever want my kids to ever see that oh mom and dad don't think alike and we don't like we see things very differently. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff we're together on, but I think it's always like uh, we always feel that we need to be united. Same thing, like when when how you discipline kids. You know, I think a certain way. There's no people. You're never gonna get a husband and wife get married, and they'll agree on everything. It's like, yeah, this is how we should raise them. Oh yeah, I thought that too. How are we gonna do allowance? Oh, like that too. What about discipline? Oh, this is exactly how I thought we'd do it. Oh, me too. You have to talk and be like, okay, well, I think we should go this way and this way. Well, what's the compromise in the middle, right? I mean, that's how that's how it works. And um, hopefully you're you're not too far away. Like if you think, oh, we need to, you know, I, I believe in whipping children. You need to tie them up and just beat the ever-living crap out of them. And then you get a, a, a <laughs> I've got an in-law who says, you're never supposed to say the word no to a child. Like never. If they're doing something wrong, you don't say don't do that. You never say negative things. So if you got those two people, they they would never meet in the middle, right? Whereas it's kind of like, okay, you know what? You know, you, you have to be different, but you have to be not so far apart that you can still come to an uh, an equal understanding. Well, I know? think everybody's going to be lucky if one of those kids grows up not to be a serial killer. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're horrible. Spit in her face, like always. Like, they'll walk up to her and she'll be like, <laughs> she tries to say stop doing something without saying it's so funny it's like you are literally trying to use the english language in a way that's impossible you cannot communicate stop doing that with only using happy words (laughs) like please do something else it's like okay but you're not telling them to stop doing that please no i mean please no no please how do i i don't want to say no what do i do it oh please mommy likes it when you do this instead it's like oh my word you watch her fumble i'm like you are the biggest retard i've ever met in my life 
And do you not get that's how not the way a child's brain works? Yeah. A kid is the worst thing in the world except a poodle when it comes to Well, what's in it for me kind of attitude. Yeah. You know, well, you want me to stop breaking Cat. your lamp. What is what's in it for me? Cats are worse. It's an automatic way kids think. And now it doesn't mean, oh, I have to pay you not to break the lamp, but you know, love, caring, not being disappointed in me. It's something, right? That, mm-hmm. that kids get out of whatever actions they have. Um, they need approval. They need whatever, whatever, right? And when Once they young- learn, you can't say no. They have free reign, and they're going to mm-hmm. run with it. Mm-hmm. Kids are the worst in the. Give them an inch, they'll take five miles. Yeah, and in the early days, like when kids are young, young, they're learning, they're trying to figure out what's right and wrong. And it's not like they're inherently bad, right? It's not like they're like, I want to be bad, I want to be horrible. It's like, okay, what is acceptable behavior and what's not? And that's actually what they're trying to do, figure out. They go ahead and, and break a lamp and they get in trouble for it, they'll be like, okay, that's bad behavior. And then they might try something a little more extreme or a little less extreme. And they're testing them. Like, parents don't realize this, but kids will always try and figure out what they can get away with. And what and, and what they get away with is what is acceptable. And people are like, well, no, that's not acceptable. It's like, well, if you let them get away with it, then you are making the decision that that is acceptable behavior. And right? so they're just showing them that that is acceptable. In exactly. Their and that's mm-hmm. what they learn. And so when, when I always tell people, like, People ask me sometimes for advice. I don't know why they do this, but, um, you know, what, what about this? I said, well, first of all, when your children are small, when they're infants, obviously you're the nurturer. You have to keep them alive. You have to get them growing, you know, give them rest, let their bodies start to develop. When they're like toddlers, you, you need to love them, but there's, you start transitioning to, okay, you're here to teach them, right? You're not, you're not ever here to be the kid's best friend. If you do everything right when they're young, then when they're older and get into the teenage years, excuse me, that's when you can start becoming friends with your kids. And people think that's insane. It's like, what the fuck? Now, that doesn't mean you don't have fun, you don't hang out, and you're not buddies. But the more you're uh, diligent at properly disciplining and training your children, the quicker you move into the friends. And if you don't do any of the discipline, any of the training, you may never be friends with your kids. Like you might not like when they're teenagers, they're going to hate you. They're going to walk all over you. They're going to, and, and that's a, too late to start saying, Oh, that's it. I'm disciplining you now. You're grounded. It's like, sorry, mom, <laughs> you've never grounded me before. I don't care if I crash your car, you know, or it, it's too late. It is too late. Uh, it's just, yeah. You know, so simple. And then if it, you go too far the other way, like you're a mean parent, same thing. Mm-hmm. By the time they're a teenager, they don't care what you think. Cause you're going to be mean anyway. Yep. And that's kind of how I grew up, unfortunately. That's an exception, though. Yeah. The vast majority of kids are, are growing up without any discipline. or And even if you say the word discipline, it sounds horrible. And people are like, <laughs> don't say that. How dare you? That's what well, happens. I don't but structure. necessarily got to hear me out on this one mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't necessarily condone spanking is the way to go. But there are children who need it. Mm-hmm. I was a prime example. It, I you could talk to me till you were blue in the face. But I needed to see an example of the consequence, not just hear it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you spank me, or give me some sort of punishment. I got it. You mm-hmm. know, I um, agree. Like. When my mom would spank me, my dad would spank me. When I stayed with my aunt and uncle, I would get punishment chores, which I would have to do anyway. <laughs> the difference is I wouldn't get anything for it. Yeah. And instead of doing it at 10 in the morning when it wasn't 100 degrees outside, now, why don't you do it at 3 that, three this afternoon? Oh, wow. You know. You know. Yeah. So there was, I, I learned like day two living with them, they mean business. And it's just not a spanking that goes away in five minutes. Yeah, It's going to be a miserable afternoon in the heat. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, 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 
concept. So I was spanked a lot because I deserved it a lot. And I think it's a very touchy subject. And I will say, first of all, it is biblical, like over and over again, spare the rod, spoil the child. But the thing is, is that it is such a very important part of parenting and it has to be done right. So many people, when they have the idea of spanking your kids, it's like your kid does something wrong, you get angry and you hit them or you smack them, right? That is absolutely, that's child abuse. That's not discipline. You know, there's been times when the kids have made Steph so frustrated and they've done something really bad. Like, and, and Steph's so mad that she'll call me and say, listen, you need to discipline your children. You need to discipline this son of yours, ours, because I'm so angry I can't do it. And discipline can never, ever be done in anger. Like, zero. And I've been the same thing. When I get so wild, the kids will, like, they'll be fighting with each other and, like, swinging hockey sticks at each other and then, like, smash a mirror and it shatters. I'm like, okay, that is unacceptable. But I'm so frustrated that I couldn't discipline them without a little bit of anger coming in and maybe hitting them a little too or spanking them a little too hard. And it must be done out of love. And so when, when we were disciplining our kids, and we didn't have to very much at all. <laughs> they learned quick. But we would explain what they did. Did they understand that it was wrong? And do they understand that when they do something wrong, there's a consequence? And this is a consequence, you know, done. It's a, it's a little spank. And the other thing is, is some people, like, you never discipline with your hand. You never spank with your hand. Because... The, you're going to use a thing that, that reaches out in love to pick them up or wipe their tears to hit them with? Like, you never use your hand. And, and so uh, discipline is a very, very touchy, very sensitive. I mean, it's even kind of makes a guy nervous talking about it on a podcast because people are so, you know. But if it's done right, it's effective. And it must be done in love. And it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's so silly. Uh, that, that we have such a hard time with it. And I think I think the bad parents, you know, the drunk dad that walks in and his kid's doing something he shouldn't do and just smacks him upside. I saw so many of my friends just get smacked on the back of the head. And they're just like, get out of here, and just, just like cuff him. Like, watch, right? And, and he runs out of the room. I'm like, that that isn't discipline. That's abuse. Um, but I don't know. It's When it's done right, it's unbelievable. And, and when it's done right, it's amazing how little you have to do it. And it's like, wow, like, yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah. it it is the right thing to do, and I don't care what anybody says, it is. And it you got to take it kid by kid. Yeah, that's. A good I needed point. to be spanked. I got it. Yep. The my stepdaughter in the first marriage never had to spank her. The only time mm-hmm. you know I would pop her hand was to prevent some sort of tragedy, right? Yeah, touching a hot oh, I'm burner. Oh, i to go touch a flame. Ah, no. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, yeah. But I would get the spanking implement. I would get her, and we'd, I'd, <clears throat> hey, look, you know, this is what happened. This is what we, what I saw. This is why I think you did what you did. This is why it's wrong. And by then she's in sobbing because mm-hmm. I'm just disappointed in her. I never had to really spank her. Yep. At all. Yep. And, you know, her mom, on the other hand, she was an abuser, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I got it. I think that part of why I never had to spank her is I was her rock. Mm, yeah. And she didn't want to disappoint me. And so, yeah, hey, look, you know, you do something a kid would do, no big deal. Just don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And have the loving dad talk and. Yep. Uh, my mom saw it one time, and she's like, "You would think you just beat the crap out of her. You yeah. never touched her." Oh yeah, some kids are so sensitive. And she, but she wasn't, except for me. Hmm. That's interesting. I will tell you what: her other grandma, her mom's mom, uh, she was telling the little girl not to do something, and she always had a mean voice, even if she was saying, you know, I love you or ordering something through the drive-thru. She always sounded angry. It was just her voice. And uh, she was trying to, you know, scream and yell at her. She's calling her name. She was cussing at her. And Christy just flipped her off. And she's still in diapers. 
She just flips her off. She goes, that's, <laughs> that's what a nice little girl. <laughs> and I got there, and they recount the story, because at, at, thank goodness for all of them, no one spanked her for that, right? Mm-hmm. After being called names and being cussed at. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think you did anything wrong. I think that was an appropriate reaction <laughs> to grandma's potty mouth at you. That's funny. And grandma was like, what? I said, did she walk over and smack you in the mouth? Well, no. Well, that's what I would have done if I was here. Yeah. <laughs> you asked if you ever cuss at her again, you know, we're going to have a altercation. Yeah. So as you're doing it, you might want to call 911. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to, you know. And I, I won't repeat what I said to her, but hmm. it was sticking her foot in something of her own. Mm. You know, but yep. Anyway. And that's I something don't. else I don't get. Cussing at your kids. I mean, some words are okay in my, opi- in my opinion. In general, but not at your kids, right? Yeah. You know, if you slip, you know, hell or damn slip, meh. It just depends on the context of it. And I think of that Todd's personal opinion, every word is dependent upon context. Mm-hmm. It's like the famous word that is, you know, like my last name begins with F-U, but only four mm-hmm. letters. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, what the, ow, I smashed my, you know. As long as the word you doesn't come after it in context, I'm like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Because I know where the word comes, and I think this is my problem. Early on in my life, I was really into uh, English lit, and I know some of the history of what people refer to as profanity, and it's really not. Um, like the word ass. You know, it's just the short version of a plant that smells kind of like its name. Hmm. That's where it, it came from originally. Hmm. Oh, my God, you smell like ass. Well, it was a plant. Hmm. And people couldn't pronounce the real word, so they just called it the ass plant. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. You know, my... Anyway, but um, but cussing at your kids, you know, uh, or talking down to them like, oh, you stupid little shit. I don't get when people do that. No. That is just like slapping them in the head. But worse, because slapping the head goes away in five minutes. Yeah. I know the things you say never do. You start belittling them as their authority figure, it ruins them. It mm-hmm. can. Oh, 100%. You know, uh, being a parent is the toughest job on earth. And if you're a parent and you don't think that, then you're not qualified and you're not doing it right. Because yeah. you, yeah, the, how, how the you lucky a, thing... The lucky Six-year-old. thing is that no, the lucky thing is that kids are resilient, right? You don't have to be perfect, but man, it is so important what you do. And if you're getting mad and yelling at your kids out of anger, you are doing a horrible job. And and the thing is, being a parent always means being in in relationship to a child. If you're having a disagreement or troubles, or they're doing something really stupid, or they're being horrible, you always have to be the bigger person. And just the example you gave, you yell at your kid, you know, hey, you stupid little idiot. You are not the bigger person now. You are down at their level. And that is just, you have absolutely, utterly failed. Everything you do as a parent must be done out of love. And if it can't be done out of love, you need to step back and chill out and then come back to it. So many people, you know, people give their kids timeouts. There's so many parents that should take timeouts. Like if my, if I'm really mad at my kids, I'll be like, go to your room. I need to chill out for a while. And I will just separate myself get a hold of myself, when I calm down and my emotions aren't hot and bothered, then I can deal with it effectively. But if I had just been like, right then and there, okay, we're fixing this now, it would have been out of anger and not love, and I would have failed as a parent. And it's so important that people, people are like, oh, I'm a parent, it's cool. No, no, it's the hardest thing on earth you will ever, ever do. I don't care what anybody says. And then people, you know, it really gets me, people that call themselves a doggy daddy. Like, oh, you are so stupid. <laughs> I'm a father to two dogs. No, you piece of, you're a dog owner. Sorry. You are not a father. 
owning an animal, having a pet, is not parenting. Full stop. I, I will respectfully disagree. <laughs> well, you're woke. Well, no, not really. Here's the difference. And I can explain it like this. <clears throat> Dogs don't have thumbs. And if you're not going to have a working animal, you can have an indoor pet, right? They don't have thumbs. And I do not at all advocate either one of these things. But as an example of how important thumbs are and why kids and dogs are different, <clears throat> and I will leave cats out of the conversation because they're just evil and should be destroyed. Um, but I can leave a eight-year-old at home for two days. It has thumbs. It can go open something and eat it, right? It's seen you enough to know how to eat something, you know, cereal, bag of chips, whatever. It's not going to starve to death in two days. Your dog can't get its own food. Can't turn on the sink and get some water. But are you comparing looking after physical needs to raising children? Well, I look at my, my dog, right, and how well-behaved it is, how smart it is. And I look at some people's kids, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm thinking they're a lower life form than my dog. You've never, raised, you've never raised your own children, Todd. <clears throat> I have, just not right now. But I think you kind of missed my point there. And it is a joke point, but still. Going back, I was trying to bring it up back to your and my original point about how important parenting is. Because that's not where you take it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm very passionate. If anybody says raising a pet is the same as a parent, that person's a full retard and they will oh, no. never come back from full retardation in my mind. I don't, I don't really compare the two. I, you know. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I don't. You, but I what thought, I'm trying to say I, is. I thought we couldn't be friends anymore, Todd. No, no, no. <laughs> if, if you truly believe that raising a Hold dog on. is like raising a kid. Hold sorry. Let me, <laughs> let me try to, you know, bring, bring it, back. it back. You look at my dog and you look at some people's children. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know, like your in-laws' kids. I would say If you saw those children. two together, you would think my dog is a higher life form. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying is parenting of real human kids is so important, mm -hmm. you know, as yeah. to you don't want your kids to be in that example. Yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> I, uh, you know, because the, the, you know the old saying, you know, guys at the old men in front of the barbershop eating peanuts, and you know those kids are look like they were raised by animals. Yeah. Well, no, if they were raised by animals, they wouldn't be acting that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know how your animals act, but that's not how mine act. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> they were raised, oh, your kid acts like it was raised by wolves. Really? They're loyal. They run in packs. There's a uh, clearly defined pecking. No, your kids are unruling like hyena. Oh, wait, no, that doesn't work either. Um, is there any group of animals that act like retard? No, there aren't. It's because, well, really, it's because they, they don't have the capacity. <laughs> Like, they don't know right and wrong, right? Humans are the only one that have a soul and have the capacity to do true evil. Um, but yeah, anyways, on, do you want to, what's that? You haven't had many cats, have you? Oh, I know cats, <clears throat> they are all pure evil. I, I've had lots <laughs> of cats. I've killed lots of cats. Yeah, I hate, hate cats. I'm just. Uh, Susan, if you're listening, I'm joking about cats. At, at least your cats. <laughs> did, did I no, seriously. You? Her two cats are like none other. Hmm. None. Uh, they act like real, I don't know, pets. But anyway. Weird. Yeah. Um, do we want to shift gears from uh, parenting advice? Oh, I, I was going to bring it back to this whole uh, being friends and never having met. Okay. That was a weird segue to get back to it, but I think that's where it begins, parenting. You know, in my generation, um, bad parents are the ones that, among other things, let the TV raise your children. Your TV was your babysitter. Mm -hmm. And then it became the PlayStation <clears throat> and the Internet. 
which my God is the worst thing in the world to oh, have yeah. raise your kids. Oh yeah. And if you, I, and this is parents walk many, 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 many fine lines with their kids. That's parenting. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Uh, and one of them is that privacy thing. And this is something somebody was telling me about a parent and an advocate for this modern parenting. And I think this person's a complete idiot. But anyway, well, no, you have to respect your children's privacy. They don't have privacy. <laughs> yeah. None. Yeah. I mean, were they in getting fact, changed? Physical in privacy, ways, of course. They're not people with civil rights until they're 18. Mm-hmm. And for a reason, you know, um, there, there's many rights, including privacy, that they can't handle correctly. Mm-hmm. There are too many predators out there. And for many different reasons, you know, from financial scams to there are people out there that just want to ruin your kid for society. They're not in it for, you know, a pedophile or anything like that. They just want to make them a-holes. And and not even predators. There's too much pleasure that they're not ready to handle or temptation that they're not ready to deal with. And I don't care. Nothing from, I don't care if you're a 45-year-old watching Netflix or a six-year-old on the PlayStation doing something for 18 hours straight without breaking is not good for you. No, heck no. Um, ugh. And I started uh, playing a computer game when computers were brand new. Mm-hmm. Oregon Trail? Uh, no, uh, a little bit later than that. It was uh, part of the Dungeons & Dragons mm. legacy. Uh, and, um. Anyway, but you know, you play for a couple hours and you go do something, mm-hmm. and you're bored. Like it's like, okay, this is. Enough. And it was actually <clears throat> since you didn't have, there wasn't internet then, but not for gaming, and you're playing the game with the guy right next to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you're talking, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You're socializing. You can give him a wet go, willy while you're playing. You run to the jam. You go to eat. You do yeah. whatever together. You're yeah. not 50,000 miles away and never meet somebody. Because mm-hmm. Jeanette was like, I don't think you really know somebody until you physically meet them. But she couldn't explain why she felt that way. And I said, well, in my opinion, the easiest way to explain it is because we live in this digital age and maybe you've known somebody for 10 years over the Internet – the minute you meet them, you no longer have a fear that you can be recorded or monitored, so you're actually going to let down the guard you never did before. And you'll know if you've been chatting with a sexist, a racist, an anti-Semite, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe it ain't, right? Maybe they're a Democrat and you're a Republican, but you never knew it. Maybe you're this. Maybe they're that. Mm-hmm. I don't think until you meet somebody and get that guard let down you really know people yeah there are 100 percent um exceptions to that rule you're listening to one right now i don't care if i'm on the internet or not you're gonna get me yeah there are things i won't say on the podcast simply because it's um a family friendly show but you're still gonna know i feel that way yeah i just you know, going to say it in a more, uh, more better way. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'm rare in that regard. I think you are too. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons we get along so well is I am what I am, like Popeye. Mm, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> and I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to put on airs. And one reason I'll never be famous on the internet. And I'll never be president, you know, because mm-hmm. um, anyway, I, I, I just am what I am. And, and I don't and I think people and I've seen examples of this because I have followed some people on social media or YouTube and then I've met them. And I'm like, you suck. Mm-hmm. Or conversely, there's somebody there's a guy that used to be on YouTube who isn't anymore. And he does something else. Now, I don't know what it is, like with um, 
uh, Discord or something, right? Uh, he's still on the internet, just not on YouTube, not on Instagram. Uh, I hated this guy till I met him. Mm. He's like, I, that's my job. That's my business, right? You know, you're not always who you pretend to be at work. Just look at look at an actor. They're whatever the script says they are. Well, I got a job with this company as a presenter of their information, not mine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of like somebody that uh, went to work for uh, um, the King of Random before he passed away and then his wife's business after uh, Grant passed away. But one of the presenters that went to work for him were told it's in the contract. You're here to do what we tell you to do, not what you want to do. And you're going to do it our way. And you're going to get paid handsomely for that. Basically, you're an actor on the King of Random. Mm -hmm. And stayed there for a very long time, made a lot of money, and recently was let go for reasons unknown. That's Nate from the internet. And Nate is awesome. Yeah, he he messaged, I message him all the time on uh instagram every couple weeks he's got a knife making question for me and i was kind of getting pissed off with him because he was never saying (laughs) thanks no see he's been i've been i've been talking with him for years like since grant was still alive and oh um, yeah yeah. me too before he ever got on king of random i was following grant and i we talked back and forth either in comments or instant message that is weird and i was getting so frustrated because i'd he'd ask a question about this and i'd give him an answer Never a thank you. Didn't say thank you. I'm like, screw you, asshole. And this was probably like eight or ten conversations. What about this? This and I'd, I'd put together a lengthy reply to him, and then and then no thank you. Who would never say thank you? And I'm like, you know what? Screw you. So he asked three questions in a row, and I just ignored him. I'm like, screw you, asshole. I'm not replying to you. And he asked another one. He's like, listen, I apologize. I uh, it seems like I'm not that grateful. I really appreciate all the help. I'm like, okay. And then I gave him his answer, and then he said, thanks so much. I'm like, hey, there you go. As long as he say thanks, I'll keep helping. But if you're just going to ask a question, and I'm going to take my time, I don't care who you are. I don't care how famous you are. If I'm going to respond to you, and you don't say thanks, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Not interested in dealing with you anymore. Yeah. It's, I, I've got to kind of want to watch his things, because he has a video, apparently, where he talks about what went down. Not yeah. in a in a bad way at all. I haven't seen it, but I'd, I don't know. He's so polite about it, but he tells you the truth. Um, mm. uh, as he knows it, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, that's you know, his side like of the story. Not necessarily bad folks, but it was a business. And people need to oh, understand yeah. that there are channels out there that you think are real, that you think yeah. are uh, vlogging, that you think are this, but they're scripted. Or at least the idea is scripted. Uh, and you need to understand, there are people out there you're following thinking they're real people, and they ain't. Mm-hmm. And he was going to give a glaring example of it, but he didn't. And I'm like, I think I know who you're talking about. At least in my head, I, I jumped directly to somebody who's uh, that I lost all respect for. But anyway, uh, who? Name names? I can't. Oh, come on. I, yeah, I don't want to bring Alec into this. Oh, okay. Two name names. It's fine. <laughs> it's good. Nothing. I, I, I don't know. Oh, because I used to watch him and he used to be a real kid and then he turned it into a business, which is cool. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say it. Just be, yeah. if you're in, in my world, as long as you're transparent, we're cool. Even yeah. if I don't agree with you. Yeah. But the minute you you start this, Yeah, and, and I say good for him turning into a business, you know. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't begrudge him anything except when he effed people. You know, he stabbed yeah. a couple of people in the back, and I know one of the backstories, I, I do, and he, I just lost all respect for him. <laughs> yeah, and I never heard that, so, I mean, uh, I don't. I, and I, the I, other person I, can't share it, uh, not supposed to share it because they have an NDA. Um, yeah with Alex's business, but he got, he got screwed and he can't, he could never afford to litigate it. Yeah. 
He said, I, you know, I got, you know, screwed out of thousands of pounds, maybe tens of thousands in uh, revenue, but it would cost me that to litigate it in England. Mm. And I'm, well, you know, started GoFundMe. Yeah. But then it would turn into this thing. And he said, I, I, you know, public opinion, he can't win it. And then he started having some family issues that were private, and he went back to just doing what he did mm. and, uh, you know, washed his hands of it. Yeah, probably the best thing to do. I don't no. know. I think, you know, had he he done what I what to me, what he did to somebody else, I don't know. I might go into Flat America and beat Alex's ass, but yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think money is rarely worth fighting for, in my opinion. It's and then you know people always say it's never the principle. No matter what you say, it's the money. I disagree because I've done some things on principle, and the yeah. money had nothing to do with it, and things like that. If we have a relationship, we're in a contractual obligation, and then you don't uphold your end and the manner in which it happened in this situation, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not just going by what somebody told me in an instant message. He actually shared some things with me, you know, physical evidence. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It was underhanded and criminal what happened to him and whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't cool. involved except as a fan. Yeah. And now I'm still a fan of one guy who is no in no longer in contact with anyone in any way, shape, fashion, or form. He even changed his phone number. Hmm. And, you know, I'm not a fan of the other guy, so Yeah. Cool. Um Yeah, no, that's uh whatever. I guess ultimately it doesn't affect any of us, so No, absolutely not. Um unless uh well yeah, I'll pull this one out of my bag of tricks too, unless you're like uh, trying to be friends with someone, the world on the internet, and you have a YouTube channel or Instagram account or TikTok or whatever, right? Whatever the your platform is, and you're trying to reach people and have fun, and you have a little squabble with someone, even if it's private, but that person is more famous on YouTube or whatever your platform is. And they belong to a marketing group that is an enormous giant. The largest marketing group for this particular kind of content. And they just squash you in the background. That, nope. that I have a problem with. Well, what do we talk about now? Let's say you're a small uh, firearms-related content creator. Yep. And not even publicly, you have a small disagreement with someone. Or, in this example, what you did was, uh, nah, you know what? I don't really want to collaborate with you. I don't have time. Whatever the, but you're very polite about, no, I don't want to, right? Well, just huge gun channel on YouTube took it personally. What do you mean you don't want to co- collaborate with me? I'm the king of gun channels. And he just happened to mention it in a negative way um, to this big marketing conglomerate they belong to. And, you know, it. our genre on YouTube would just be better without that person on it. And they got them run off of YouTube simply because I don't want to collaborate with you. Mm. There may have been more to it. Probably not because it, eh, I don't really know, but one side of the story. And that that's and why I, I, all I saw was the email string. It had both on it, but still, yeah, I don't have oh, any wait, reason who? to disbelieve it, but <clears throat> Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. 
And I went, you know what? I don't know if it happened. Don't know if it didn't happen. But if it did, it's wrong. Yeah. And if it didn't, you're a jerk for saying it did. Yeah. Right on. Well, that's a probably a good place to end the show, hey? I got I to gotta get to work. Uh-oh. Yep. Knives or signs? Uh, or cars. neither? Cars. Uh, I got the. I picked up new struts for a vehicle yesterday, so I got to get those on for tonight. Yeah, I saw one of the, you posted a video about a vehicle. Haven't been able to watch it yet, but. Yeah, yeah. I plan on doing that today. And you know what? If anybody's listening and you want to watch it, go to, you know, Simple Little Life and Jeremy the Gertz and uh, just binge watch. Give them all the airtime you can. Yeah, don't binge watch. Start a playlist and go to school. Yeah, do it. Leave it at home. Just let it run all day. But don't actually sit there and watch it because I don't want to waste your life in that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's always a guilty thing. It's like I love making videos, and obviously it's good for me if people watch them, but, man, I'd rather people not watch YouTube. I'd rather them build something with their hands than stare at a bloody screen, but whatever. Anyways, Todd, it was good chatting with you again. Oh, yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, I know we went kind of far afield today, people, but, you know, uh, the inter- the introduction to the show does say it's often meandering, so you That's were right. warned. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right on. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.